Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoy this message. Wow, Life Church, you can grab a seat, you can grab a seat. Oh boy, man, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I made it. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I made it. Before I, I jump into the word, um, I want to just say thank you to Pastor Jock and Shirls. Um, I've been in awe of how God's using you to impact so many people. Um, I've been, I've been joking around with Wale, who's been driving me around this this week, and um, I laughed because I said I I was coming to the UK expecting to see a lot of white people, <laughs> and then I I rocked up at Life Church and I see a lot of Africans, yeah. like. Like a lot of Africans, and, and I started wondering, I'm like, is, are they running like a Nigerian embassy here at Life Church? I'm like, do, do, do people here just send emails home? Just tell them you are going to Life Church. Just, they will let you in. Just tell them Life Church. L-I-F-E Church. And... I, I say that as a joke, and then I remembered something that I heard at a conference one time that said that the church is meant to be the embassy of the kingdom of heaven. And I started to think, what a beautiful picture it is that your church is granting asylum to so many people who not just look like me, but look like the world. To not just people from Africa, but people who come from broken homes people who have lost their way, you're building an embassy that's going to reach so many people because of your heart. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Life Church, thank you for your sowing into this ministry. You've partnered with them. Everything they get to do is because of what you release from your hands. So thank you. It's not just their miracle. It's your miracle too. The reason why I stand on this stage is because you've sown into good ground. You're a part of the soil. You're a part of the ministry. So don't stop. You're making a difference. You're making a massive difference. Let me tell you how big of a difference you're making. I used to dream about coming to the UK. I grew up in South Africa. Yes, I currently live in America, but that doesn't make me African-American. That makes me an african in America. There's a big difference. Big difference. And growing up, I used to dream about coming to the UK. Like I would dance around my schoolyard just, I'm going to go to the UK. I'm going to go to the UK. Na, 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 na. I'm going to drink tea with the queen. I'm going to drink tea with the queen. Na, 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 na. I'm going to see Manchester. I'm going to see United. Na, 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 na. Like, that, that used to be me. I used to dream about coming to the UK. I used to just have crazy faith. And that's why I love spending time with your teenagers. 
this week because they reminded me what it's like to have faith. What it's like to believe that God is actually going to do what he says he's going to do. What it's actually like to believe that if he said it, I'm going to believe it. What it's actually like to have crazy belief that maybe God can do the impossible because the older we get, the more life seems to tell us that the impossibility is more possible. Life tells us, are you crazy? You really think you're going to go to the UK? You from Congo? You? You're never going to go to the UK. You who tried to get a visa for the UK 10 years ago and got denied, you really think you're still going to one day stand in the UK? Really? This morning, I believe that some of us are in a place where we've lost our childlike faith. We've stopped wondering about what God can do and started living realistically. Started living statistically. And this morning, I want to ask you this question. And it's the title of my message this morning. The question is this, where's your wonder? Where's your wonder? What do you spend time wondering about? If you brought your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 and 33 and the young people are like, turn, turn your Bible to, I'm just going to scroll to. <laughs> this is a very famous passage in the Bible. It's probably one of the most faith-taught passages on the planet. But today I also want to show you that it's also a passage about wonder. Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33 reads as follows. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance away from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Verse 31. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? God, I pray that you will just help us to 
hear your voice. God, I pray that you'll speak louder than anything I say. I pray that you will find the connections to what their hearts need and that you will fill in the blank. I surrender to you. It's in your mighty name we pray and we all say amen. Amen, amen. You know, every time I study God's word, anytime I read a Bible story, um, I, because I preach a lot to teenagers and I spend a lot of time with young people, I like to imagine myself in the pages of the stories that I read. But my wife says that I have a superstar syndrome because every time, oh, by the way, my wife is actually watching all the way from America right now. So hi, babe, I love you. Thank you so much. I miss you. I can't wait to get home. <laughs> but I also don't want to leave. I don't know, it's so weird. Anyway. <laughs> Good thing I'm at the right embassy, right? Just, uh. <laughs> I always seem to pick the main character in the Bible verse that I'm reading. So when I'm reading about David versus Goliath, obviously I am. <laughs> David, right? When I, when I read about Moses versus Pharaoh, I'm obviously, let my people go, right? That's, that's just who I am when I think about Daniel in the lion's den. I'm reminded of you obviously being back home around lions, so obviously I am, I am Daniel. And, and so anytime I read this Bible verse about Peter walking on water, part of me is like, of course I'm Peter. Who else would I be? I can this is how you walk, how you, I can walk on water. And I think it's because there's something connected to the idea of being brave that we all connect with. Because sometimes when you read the story, I'm sure you're also like, God is calling me out to walk on water. I have to choose faith over fear. I can do all things. Isn't it funny how we start using the Bible to just like, 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 like tell us that we, we, we can actually do things that we probably aren't supposed to do. Like if you can't sing, you can't do all things. <laughs> but you're like, I can do all uh, things. No, you cannot do all things. But we'll slap it on everything to try and tell us that, that anything is possible. And anything is possible if you're living according to God's will. And yet here we are looking at the story and we believe I can do all things. You know, when my wife and I started dating, uh, eventually we got married and, and one time she rocked up to, um, to pick me up for a date and she said, babe, are you up to, to do anything? And, and you know, growing up, I was always told that a man shouldn't be afraid of anything. You know, so she's like, do you, are, are you afraid of anything? Babe, I can do all things. She's like, so you can like go skydiving. Babe, I can do all things. Okay, so you'd go shark cage diving. Babe, I will eat the shark <laughs> because I can do all things. So she says, okay, great. Here's a blindfold. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and she said, you can do all. I said, okay, okay, you're right, babe. And so she takes me to a surprise and uh, we pull up to these uh, Twin Towers in, in Soweto. They're pretty high up. And I'm like, oh, babe, thank you. We're going to like take pictures for Instagram. I got this great fit I've been waiting to show off. This is going to be amazing. Thank you. And she says, no, we're actually going to the top. And I said, oh, we're going to take pictures at the top. 
that's going to be so beautiful with the scenery behind us. Oh, I'm going to get so many likes. He's like, no, you're not going to like this. We're going to be jumping off. I started wondering, how high is these buildings? Who built these buildings? Did you inspect the rope that's supposed to be holding us? How fast is the wind blowing? Do, do, do I have an extra pair of underwear in the car in case things become too loose? Am I too young to die? Do black people believe in jumping off of buildings because I've never seen a black person? It's funny because we think I can do all things, but I think what we really believe is, is I can do all things that I want to do. If I want to do it, then I can do all things, but if it's things that I'm too afraid to do, God didn't call me to do that. You can do those things. You can. See, we all believe that when fear attacks, we will choose to fight it. But if we're really honest with ourselves, most of us will pick faith when we pick the fight. But it's a whole different story to choose faith when the fight picks you. Whole different story. See, it's one thing to choose faith when you know you're getting ready to get a promotion at work. You're like, God, I believe it. And you believe it because you know it's coming. Right? It's one thing to choose faith when you know you're about to get a new house. And so you're walking around Bradford just like, ooh, that is my portion. That is mine. That is mine. Just like, I believe it. I believe it. Where's Buckingham Palace? I'll take that one too. Right? It's just, it's easy because you're like, oh, this is coming. I can do all things. It's easy to, to, to pick faith when you're wedding venue shopping. Right? You're like, oh, my wedding is going to be amazing. Instagram is going to love this. And so I want those flowers. I want those flowers. I want those flowers. I want that pasta. I want those. It's so easy to pick faith because you're like, hey, I, it's in my control. I can do all things. But the question is, will you still pick faith? When your boss calls you into a boardroom and says, hey, I'm sorry, but we have to let go of 30% of our staff and you're one of those. Do you still pick faith? Do you still pick faith when you have to sit at the dinner table with your kids and you're wondering, I don't know where your next meal is going to come from because daddy doesn't have any more money in the bank account. Do you still pick faith? Do you still pick faith when you're sitting with your husband or wife and there's a counselor in between the two of you because you're trying to pick up the broken pieces of a broken heart because your marriage is falling apart. Do you still choose faith when you didn't pick the fight? More and more in life, I've realized that it's easy to choose faith when everything we have to wonder about is wonderful. But what about choosing to walk on water 
when my mind is wandering about the waves and the wind of life that are rocking my boat. I know I started off with telling you that in the story I see myself as Peter, but if I'm honest, I think many times in my own life, I've seen myself as Andrew, Bartholomew, John, the ones who didn't choose to step out on the water, the ones who chose the comfort of remaining in the boat because I was too afraid of the outcome that I chose to wonder more about what could go wrong than what could go right. I chose to hold on to my feeling of fear and let go of the knowledge of faith because my feelings were louder than my faith. But I heard a preacher once say that your feelings don't have to determine your future. Hear me, it's okay to have feelings. But the issue comes in is when we choose to follow our feelings and let go of our faith, then it leads us down a path that we actually don't want to follow. So just because you don't feel like Peter today doesn't mean that you can't walk on water tomorrow. <laughs> just because you don't feel like Peter today doesn't mean that you can't walk on water tomorrow. And, and sometimes I think it's incredible because we, we start to look at how God is using other people and we start to envy what God is doing in their lives and and. And instead of being, being grateful that God is showing you that he can do it for them, which means he can do it for you, we start to question that maybe God put something in them that he didn't put in us. Like we start to think, well, maybe their marriage is working because like he listens to his wife. Like, no, maybe their kids are, are better at school because I, I, I bet you he has more money. So like they, they actually like do fun stuff during the weekend. Like, well, maybe, like, like, she's prettier than I am because, like, her, her mom buys her, like, like, all these Gucci sneakers. Like, we start to think that because we don't have what we think we need, that means that God left something out and that he put in other people. And so I started to think that what were John, Andrew, Bartholomew, what were they all thinking as Peter's walking out there? Were they thinking, how did Peter get on water-resistant Nike sneakers that he's able to walk on water, right? You're standing there thinking, okay, well, maybe Peter was part man and part fish. I mean, the Bible does call him a fisherman. That's the first time that joke's ever landed. I might stay. I might, I might stay, y'all. Babe, buy a plane ticket, come join me. I might stay, right? But let me tell you, Peter was just like all the other disciples in that boat. He was just as afraid. He was just as tired. He was just as confused. He was just as, is that really Jesus? But where they chose to stay, Peter chose to ask. Today I want you to know we're all born with the ability to ask. The thing that you think disqualifies you isn't what someone else has. It's the thing you were born with. The ability 
to ask. You're like, I, 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 I've stopped wondering because I'm too afraid to ask. Because asking means that it's actually not in my control. When a child comes up to you and asks you for something, it's because they know that, hey, I don't have the ability to make this decision on my own or I don't have the resources to make this decision on my own. So, mommy, daddy, can you? But children are always asking, almost like you want to be like, shut up! But you don't because a loving parent will always answer the question. But a fearful child will not ask a question if they don't know that they can trust their parents. So why are you afraid to ask? Why are you afraid to ask? In Matthew 14, 28, before Peter walked, Peter wondered. Before Peter walked, Peter asked. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, that's a question. Lord, if it's you. Peter could have wondered, is that really Jesus? If it's Jesus, like he'd be on the boat with me. Right? He could have wondered, well, I know Jesus. And, and like Jesus could calm the storm like this. And so I don't think it's Jesus. He could have wondered that. Instead, he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. Peter wondered, if it's really you, tell me to come. If it's really you, then anything is possible. So tell me to come. Because when we wonder the right way, we ask the right questions. My question to you this morning is, when last did you ask God the right question? A lot of us approach God asking him, why did you let this happen to me? Why does it feel like you've abandoned me? If you really love me, why didn't you prevent this? Before you walk on water, you wonder. And when you're faced with the opportunity to walk on water, you're also faced with the opportunity to work your wonder. Today, it's time to work your wonder. Because maybe the reason you've never walked on the waves is because the waves is the only thing you've ever wondered about. The enemy knows that if he can keep you in a cycle of negativity, he can keep you from believing a miracle is possible. Because he knows that when your wonder is off, you wander off. He knows that when your wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, is off, he knows that you wonder, W-A-N-D-E-R, off. Romans 12 verses 2 says this, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you wander. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you don't change the way you think, you will just follow what the world tells you. But when you wander in the right direction, even if you don't know that you're going the right direction, you're going the right direction. Because your wonder is in the right place. Where is your wonder? Today I'm going to help you get your wonder in the right direction. There's three things you need to do. Three things you need to do. Number one is this. Don't 
weary wonder. Don't weary wonder. Weary wonder sounds like this. I got too much going on to ask God for help. God will help those who help themselves. God, I'll come to you after I've tried A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, A, Q, I, S. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Weary wonder looks like placing our expectation on our own efforts and our own energy and eventually end up using more wonder on trying to sustain ourselves than to trust in God. The passage tells us that the disciples were rowing for hours, that they were straining at the oars, that they had just come off of the land where they had fed 5,000 people. So they were tired. They were weary. There's a difference between being tired and being weary. When you're tired, all you need is sleep. When you're tired, you just got to take a 12-hour nap. Parents are like, 12 hours? Where am I supposed to find that? I have kids. I don't know what to tell you. I have a dog, so it's pretty easy for me. It's just like, you crate me bed. <laughs> but, we, but being weary... Being weary has to deal with a depletion of not just your body, but your soul, your emotion, your mind, your spirit. And when you're weary, you don't just need sleep. You need rest. You need to be replenished. And the disciples are in a state where they're so weary that they don't recognize that this is an opportunity. They needed to be replenished. My question to you is, where do you go to get replenished? Because when you wonder while you're weary, it limits what you believe. Because you're too drained to believe God for more. If you've been weary today, I want to read Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, verses 28 and 29. It says this, Come to me, all of you who are tired, from carrying heavy loads and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest. Some of you are weary because you've started wondering that maybe this is just how my life is supposed to be. You started learning how to carry the load when you were supposed to give him the load and learn from him. Don't weary, wonder. The second thing is this. Don't worry, wonder. <laughs> worry, wonder sounds like this. What if he doesn't make a way? What if he doesn't show up? What if I'm wrong? What if I fail? What if my kids don't end up loving Jesus? What if I try to bring this to my job and they laugh at me? What if I give my heart to this person and they end up breaking it? What if? What if? 
See, when you let worry lead your wonder, it sets up the wrong expectations. Because where your thoughts are, your expectations are as well. Worry clouds our judgment. The disciples didn't even recognize that it was Jesus walking on the water. Are you kidding me? Disciples, you've spent hours with Jesus. If anybody know what he looks like, it's you. If anybody knows what he sounds like, it's you. And yet because they have worry clouding their judgment, they don't even recognize the opportunity that Jesus is calling them out onto. When you worry, wonder, you will see opportunities as obstacles. When you worry, wonder, you'll think Jesus is a ghost. That's what they did. This was the person that they spent hours, hours, weeks. This was the person that they saw do the impossible and they're like, oh my God, he's a ghost. Why? Because they let worry lead their wonder. Don't worry, wonder. Don't worry, wonder. Because it will give you more excuses to believe that the impossible is a better alternative than what God says is possible. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make obedient. Every thought. Every thought that doesn't line up with God's thoughts. Every thought. You are enough. You are enough. You're enough for your kids. You're enough for your family. You're enough for your church. You're enough for your friends. Teenagers, you're enough. You are enough. Don't try and take what the world says is truth. Don't let them define your character. Your father created you. And your father knows you better than anyone else could ever know you. And he says you are enough. Don't worry, wonder. Josh, you're enough, bro. You better play those keys. You're enough because I need to wrap up. So you better, you better play those keys. Final thing is this. Don't waste wonder. Wasted wonder sounds like this. That's pretty cool. I'll believe it when I wasted wonder sounds like I'll start serving God when he serves me it's hard to wonder when you're waiting trust me I know I've been in seasons of my life where the thing I was looking at didn't match the picture that God showed me. So I was left in a state of just waiting. And I started wondering. I'll believe it when I see it, Lord, because 
This isn't the thing I thought you called me to. But I love that Peter didn't just wait on God. He wondered with Jesus. He said, Lord, if it's really you. Some of you need to start wondering with God. Don't let your waiting kill your wonder. Peter asked, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus was just waiting on someone to ask. Some of you are waiting on God when God is just waiting on you to ask. Wander with Him. Have conversations with Him. Speak to Him. Let Him speak to you because that's the only way. That's the only way to know when you're asking for the right things. Because He'll let you know. You'll know in your heart. But don't just not approach Him. That's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants to steal your ability to ask by attacking your ability to wonder. So don't give it to him. Something interesting happens in the book of Mark because he tells the same story in Mark chapter 6. And, and, it, and it says this, it's, it's, it's about the fourth watch of the night. Jesus came toward them walking on the sea. And this is the part that messed me up. Mark 6.48 says, He meant to pass by them. He meant to pass by them. And I thought, God, like, you can see your disciples struggling, straining. They're weary. God, you see your sons and daughters struggling at life. We're weary. We've got to deal with the pressures of anxiety. We've got to try to figure out the economy. We're trying to hold our families together. God, we're trying and we're straining and we're tired. And Mark says that you meant to pass us by? Really, Lord? You're going to see us and just keep walking? And that messed me up. I didn't understand. It, didn't, it just didn't, it didn't align with my theology. And so I did what every great preacher did, Jock. I opened up Google. <laughs> I did. I opened up Google. And the expression of God passing by is common in the Old Testament. <laughs> I just, I'm getting so excited because I know where I'm going. For example, when Moses was on the mountaintop, the text teaches us in Exodus that God said He would reveal Himself to him by passing, by passing, by. <laughs> when I think about the story of Elijah, when he's stuck in a cave because he wandered off, because he started thinking about what if Jezebel actually can kill me? And so he's hiding in a cave. And God tells him to come out because he's about to 
pass by. So when I went back to the story of the disciples in a boat, I realized what Mark is saying is Jesus isn't about, about to walk past them. Jesus is about to reveal himself to them. What is God revealing to you that you think is him walking by? What is God saying, hey, I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm waiting on you. Here I am. What is it that you need from me? He's passing by this morning. He's passing by this morning. He passes by not to hide, but to reveal himself and summon us to faith. He's summoning us to faith today. My final verse is this, Philippians 4 verses 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think wonder ask on these things on these things I believe this morning God wants to put wow back in your vocabulary every head bowed and eyes closed God wants you to start to ask him again many of you have given up on dreams because you think you're too old Many of you are too afraid to dream because you feel like you're too young. Many of you have stopped asking God because He said no before and so you're afraid He'll say no again. And so you stopped approaching your Father. And many of you in this place stopped asking God because you believe you don't deserve to ask him for anything. This morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to a lot of you. And he wants to give you two minutes to ask again. So right now, in your heart, take a second to ask. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you, so why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at Life Church Home. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.